I got my ring light on. You recording, Cash? I am. All right. If this going to be that kind of party, I'm going to stick my dick in the mashed potato. Neither. I'm here just a little bit straight, but I'll trip it out. Yeah. Get off the cross, dude. Get the light with your friends. Oh, top of the top to ya. This is Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he's fucking dead, but Cash Hartzell is here. Cash, say hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm not Dio. Uh, Neil is here also. Neil, not Dio. No, he's not. He's clapping. Is that he's silent clapping? clapping? Yeah. Were you were you pulling back clap? Are you, Are you doing... muted? No, no, I'm. Am I muted? I don't know. No. no oh, I you know what? It's because clapping. it's you know why? Because Zoom knows how irritating that would be to hear someone clapping into a <laughs> microphone. So by God's good grace of the Zoom, uh, we didn't have to hear it. Our guest today, very excited about this. Um, one of my favorite uh, comedians. Um, uh, his name is James Acaster. James, Yay! hello. Uh, I always have to be uh, clear. I always have to be worried. I'm always going a, a like a, a caster. I don't know. I don't oh, know why I want to. Complicate no one's it ever more. sure. No one's ever sure. Uh, it is just the simplest way of pronouncing it. But I've had a, a, some people insert an N and say am caster. So you know you're not in that group. Yeah, good. I don't want to be grouped into anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're very excited to have you on. Um, if, if no one's seen your uh, three specials on Netflix, do that now. Stop listening to this and watch mm -hmm. that now because it's way more entertainment mm -hmm. uh, than what you're about to get into uh, here. But also, you have a podcast. You have a couple podcasts. You, uh, you have one with Ed Gamble, uh, yeah. uh, off-menu podcast, uh, which uh, some of our friends have been on, like uh, Anthony Jeselnik and uh, Emily Gordon. <laughs> Yes, those are good guests. Um, yeah, and then um, talk also about food. And then we—that's that's your food podcast. But we're not here to talk about food. You're probably sick of talking about food. <laughs> yeah. We're here to talk about your BBC podcast uh, about your obsession with uh, the uh, 2016, uh, uh, the year 2016, and the music that came out. Can yes. you tell us about this podcast? Yeah. In 2017, I had a breakdown, and I dealt with that breakdown by buying as much music from 2016 as I possibly could. I now own over 600, approaching 700 albums from 2016, and I'm convinced it's the greatest year for music of all time. So every week, I send an, a different guest an album from 2016. They come on and we talk about that album. I'll see if I can convince them, just based on that album alone, that 2016 is the greatest year for music of all time. And I love it so much. And it's... Uh... How did that how did that even start like the idea mm -hmm. of just you wanted to revert so 2016 for you way better year than 2017 because of the you breakdown know, weirdly it's like in 2016 for years I had not listened to any current music because I was in a band before I started doing stand up in 2008 when I started doing stand up I was like saying goodbye to being a drummer ever and I just think I just stopped it wasn't a conscious thing but I just stopped listening to current music and just got completely out of the loop with it. And in 2016, um, I remember Black Star coming out in January and then uh, Lemonade came out later in the year and then Blonde came out later in the year. And I think when Blonde came out, I was like, these are three like really big albums that everyone's been talking about. And maybe I've like written off current music. Maybe there still is innovative and exciting stuff going on in the mainstream. And 
I'll look into it a little bit more. And so by the end of 2016, I'd had half a year of like buying loads of individual tracks and really getting into how much was out there and how much exciting stuff there was in every genre. And then when I had a breakup in early 2017, in January, I instantly just started doing the thing that had recently bought me the most joy and comfort. And that was going down the lists of best albums of 2016. And there's so much to find on the internet that, and because the year 2017 didn't get any better, I got dropped by my agent. I, uh, I had my therapist start to kind of like semi-stalk me. A lot of bad stuff happened that year. <laughs> and every time, and also I was on a grueling, I was on a tour, you, know, you mentioned the Netflix specials. I was touring all year, relearning those shows. And so I was constantly touring shows that, and that I thought, oh, actually, I don't know these shows as well anymore. And I'm not very, I'm not in a good headspace. And every night I felt like the shows were bad and I knew I was going to film them and release them to the world. Oh, great. Now you're going to release multiple bad specials, you fucking idiot. So I hated, <laughs> I felt exhausted. So every night before I went to bed, I would just Google, you know, a variation of best albums of 2016 to find different lists. And if I found a good one before I went to bed and had bought it, I felt like I'd achieved something that day. And the project has evolved over the years and I'll do it for different reasons now that aren't comforting. Sometimes it's become work and I was writing the book and when I'm doing the podcast, I don't want to miss any good ones. Cause you know, you can't be like, I know the most about all the music in 2016 and then you've missed an absolute, you know, humdinger. So yeah. I keep on still researching it and trying to find stuff. But, um, and with each passing year, uh, it becomes different because albums grow on you differently mm -hmm. you know i've only just um realized how good an album blank face by schoolboy q is i've had it for a while now and only just this month i've been like and that was basically this week i've got to have gone oh i fucking love this album it's brilliant and i've got another new favorite uh, to add to the pile so yeah it keeps on it's a project that keeps on adopting different kind of faces and uh, different purposes in my life as well i i, I love the idea of because we we've all struggled with it and we've all seen it is just like the expert in music especially the sort of the record store expert the guy that works behind the counter and supposedly knows everything about it can buy <laughs> old stuff because he's like oh yeah this will sell or this is good or something like that but the, it always seems impossible because there's so much to keep up with. And I like how you've taken it and put it into an achievable thing where it's just like, I'm only going to learn these 365 days. There's only so much that can come out there. So I want to know yeah. all of it. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting as like an achievable step to becoming that music guy, that, that overwhelming yeah. music guy. Yeah, there was a point where I was just like, oh, no one's done this before. So I'll just do this. Because like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like there are people who like, you know, profess that certain years are uh, the greatest year for music and have written books about those years, but they haven't gone out of their way to buy as many albums as they possibly can from that year. They've just gone, oh, loads of big influential albums were out that year, I'll write about those. And I've just gone, well, no one has gone so all in on one year. And you probably couldn't do it pre-2010. It's like the music industry, music in general is so saturated now, oversaturated that you can just find, like anyone could pick any year since 2010 and find at least 50 of their all-time favorite albums in that year because so much stuff is being released but you just have to put the hours in yeah well it's a, it's a better it's a it's got to be a healthier way to handle a breakdown than you know diving into i don't know neil what did you do knives that was neil tried to collect every knife available <laughs> knives, to him. you know firearms yeah put that away yes i like no, i like how neil just like made like just gave james quite the american podcast experience here i'm not sure if you 
are familiar with that, James, but every podcaster has uh, has a gun on them just in case they need to shoot their computer. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, thanks for welcoming me into your country. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep on talking with James Hathcaster, uh, Acaster, but we're also going to be playing. I picked up music. Um, the, all the music that we've, we're playing on this episode is music that we've played before from the year 2016. So it's going to be kind of a look back oh boy. on some of that stuff. And when we come back, uh, more James and also more uh, news in regards to music. That's a segment that we do here, James. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, here, it. here is... Uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, bands and one of my favorite records from the year was the band from uh, Glasgow named Paws, P-A-W-S. This is off their mm-hmm. album, No Grace. This is the titular track, No Grace. We'll be right back with more radio.
Jonah Radio. Hooray! That was pause with uh, no grace. Now, um, had you heard that one yet, James? No. This is what Great. I love about the Pog Project. <laughs> I'm always discovering new stuff. I like that. I like the uh, I like the energy, and I like the heavy, thick production on that. Yeah, so produced by Blink-182's Mark Hoppus at his studio home, uh, home studio in uh, somewhere uh, in the north uh, of London. I can't remember which town exactly. But, uh, yeah, great guys, uh, great band. And um, uh, yeah, I, wa- I was going to ask you, have you been able to keep up with music, with the, the, the mm-hmm. enormity of trying to keep up with a, a, a world's worth of music from one year, uh, especially because you have access to all of it? Sometimes I go down rabbit holes, uh, where I'll just put in like you know uh, like African funk uh, or and then or you know Indonesian uh, ska you know you you can yeah. put in these things and you can kind of go down these crazy rabbit holes because someone's got made a playlist from there. Have you one have, have you found much Indonesian ska? Uh, there's a ton. There's a ton. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, there's a ton of great Indonesian punk and ska. And uh, uh, I, I listened to uh, an episode yesterday of James's podcast that was about Mal- Malawian hip hop. I believe was, was yes, what it was. yes. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. But have yeah. you have you been able to keep up? Yeah, I have. So like uh, in the like, so yeah, until 2016, I wasn't buying anything from current years. I wasn't really bothering. Since this whole project, I'd say I now own more music from 2017, 18, 19, and 20 than I do from any previous year, you know, pre-2016. Like, I own a lot, I think this year, probably already bought over, like, you know, 50 albums or something that have come out this year. Like, I just am quite, it kind of completely reignited my obsession with just current music. And because the 2016 thing as well just sent me down a load of rabbit holes with certain bands, certain Mm -hmm. genres, and they're all still uh, releasing stuff now. And I'm just really keen to see what they all do next. Um, and are, and you're buying these. That's an, that's another thing. Like, is yes. it, is that important to you to buy the music? I think it is. Yes, it is. Like, I don't stream. I'm not like on any streaming services and whatever. Um, I'm fortunate nice. that I can afford to to buy uh, albums, and so uh, I'm just taking advantage of that and doing it. And it's you know it's all still MP3s and stuff. But when I really love stuff, I buy it on vinyl. I have mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so that that's exciting when you realize you love an album and they're like, right, I'm officially going to buy a physical copy of it now. Yes, as opposed to having a bunch of like records of like, I liked it when it came out, but it didn't really, <laughs> and now it's yeah. just taking up space. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really good way of looking at, at, at vinyl collecting now is like it, it makes the physical space like it, it, it's it's willing. You, you're not just going to stream it or you're not just going to listen to MP3s. Mm-hmm. You're going to bump it up to I yeah. can hold this in my hand. Yeah. yeah, this is going to take up some space in my home. Yeah, just making that leap of going, okay, I like this enough now that I'm prepared to one day argue over it. <laughs> <laughs> like it, that real just, I don't know. Yeah, that was yeah. the last time I put it on. Because like when I, like right around when I turned 30, I had disposable income and I was like just like not feeling good about things. And I just started <laughs> buying records. And it was like a lot of like, punk and hardcore and like noise records from like when I was that I loved when I was in high school and it would just be like oh yeah and then like, I remember this I'm, oh, I yeah. remember this record and those aren't really records that I want to put around the house like put on what I'm like you know, <laughs> yeah just yeah. trying to relax with some coffee and I put on Spaz's La Revancha and yeah, just like yeah. oh, believe me I got I, I have uh, 12 copies of The Sound of Music that my uh, uh, grandfather used to buy every year when he went on 
vacation to the Sound of Music Hotel in Vermont. And uh, so I got those, and I got, uh, I think, a half dozen Jane Fonda workout records. <laughs> always need always need a funny gift. It's always a good, funny gift, a novelty yeah. record. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the next time I leave ha- my home. Uh, Well, uh, James, this is the time in the show where we do a segment that Cash likes to scream at called Music News. That's right. It's time for Music News, where we play some Thin Lizzy, and then I look at websites like Spin, Rolling Stone, NME, Metal Injection, and more. And Stereo Gum. I'm giving away all all of my sources. (laughs) <laughs> giving away all of my sources all right it's time for music news so biggest news i think this week is uh the death of uh van halen guitarist uh eddie van halen yeah pasadena, pasadena boy legend pasadena legend eddie van halen titular um, van halen eddie van halen yeah that was a weird thing when i was a kid and i was like wait the singer's name isn't van halen it's the uh it's the guy with the drill no it's yeah. the drummer <laughs> It's Alex, Alex Van Halen. Oh, they and then he invited his brother in. Yeah. Well, now, now it's Wolfgang too, right? He was on bass for a while. Yeah, yeah. He replaced uh, what's his nuts. Um, but I think probably it's like you know, great, great guitar player. But uh, in a uh, there was recently it was uh, Eddie was interviewed in 2012 uh, by CNN and Metal Injection talks about this where uh, he was in the studio with uh, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. And he said this about doing the uh, gu- uh, guitar parts for that album. He says, uh, Michael left to go across the hall to do some children's speaking record. I think it was E.T. or something. Um, so I asked Quincy, what do you want me to do? And he goes, whatever you want to do. And I go, be careful when you say that. If you know anything about me, be careful you, uh, when you say do anything you want. I listen to the song and I immediately go, can I change some parts? And I turn to the engineer and I go, okay, from the breakdown, chop in this part, go to this place, pre-chorus to the chorus out. It took him maybe 10 minutes put together, and I proceeded to improvise two solos over it and was just finishing the uh, second solo record, or the second solo when Michael walked in. And, you know, uh, artists are kind of crazy people. We're all a little strange. I didn't know how he would react to, to what I was doing. So I warned him before he listened, and I said, look, I changed the middle section of your song. Uh, now, in my mind, he's either going to have his bodyguards kick me out for butchering his song, or he's going to like it. And so he gave it a listen, and he turned to me, and he said, um, I, sorry, uh, Turned to me and went, wow, thank you so much for having the passion not to just come in and blaze a solo, but to actually care about the song and make it better. So that's a very nice little story. Wow. wow uh, he, he just comes in to Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson and goes, you know what? It's not working. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was talking about this that, that particular song yesterday. And like, when was the last time there was a pop hit with a fucking guitar solo in the middle of it? Like... I can't think I don't listen to a lot of pop music, but I don't feel like that was a I feel like that was sort of a big watershed. At that Is there point. a solo in Since You've Been Gone? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Which version? Uh, Which I, the, yeah. What's the, 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 the Since You've Been Gone? Um, All right. Everybody sing and then we'll stop when we yes. hit the solo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I learned if it's the song I'm thinking of. My brother on his first ever guitar lesson got taught that solo, um, because it's very easy, and then she taught it to me when he got home. So it's all on one string, <laughs> and so I feel, I feel like it's the only solo I can still play on the guitar. The Kelly Clarkson <laughs> song, right? Yeah, is that what we're That's talking not, about? So, so that is not what I'm thinking. Okay, what, what's <laughs> up, which, which, which since you've been gone? Are you... I'm thinking of the proper like since you've been gone. 
since you've been gone. That song, that um, out of my head, can't take it. Do you guys not know this song? I know that song. Uh, but when it comes to since you've been gone, so you know, I should have clarified since the letter U been gone. That's the version I was talking about. I know that song. I know the, yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of Neil's favorite songs. Neil, is there there a guitar solo? Is there a guitar solo in that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just know that it's, it was like, like chemically written by these Swedish producers who were like, oh, if we go from this minor key to this major key, like it'll give people like ASMR tingles and <laughs> and they're like oh yeah yeah we've we've cracked the code on pop songs yes the the algorithm will just be making all music from here on out um i'm surprised about the musicians who are getting behind uh safety protocols of covid-19 and uh and the ones who are not the ones who are not anti-maskers uh like uh the guys from Stone Roses, uh, uh, Noel Gallagher, anti-masker, um, uh, you know, brown-eyed girl singer, uh, also very, Van very Morrison. against it, Van Morrison. Um, and then I'm sometimes surprised with the people who are into it. One of those people, I was surprised by this, Gene Simmons from Kiss. He's urging everyone to wear a goddamn mask. Really? <laughs> now, this is a guy that once stopped a song, stopped a song at a Kiss show to make everyone do the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> That's a big switcheroo. I really thought he would be on the anti-mask side of things. Yeah, I um, mean, he he's not. He needs a bigger mask than most people. Isn't he? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the mask with the tongue. He's also a huge it. piece of shit. So, yeah. like, <laughs> this is, my guess, and I, I didn't do the research, uh, but uh, my guess is that Kiss is just about to come out with a line of masks, and yeah. that's the yeah. reason oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The, the, and like it's like and it's like if you don't wear those masks, it's okay because they also make Kiss coffins. You could also get a casket, a Kiss brand casket. Yeah, I can't imagine this guy doing anything. Vinnie uh, Paul from uh, Pantera was buried in a Kiss casket. Wow. You know, speaking of Vinnie Paul from Pantera, there's currently a GoFundMe uh, to uh, um, uh, fix up his old um, 1985 limousine that he used to drive around. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I couldn't think of Wait, a better thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't, apparently he like it's like he bought it, and it was like his like uh, thing. And now there's these people trying to like raise money. I was like, there's other things to raise money for <laughs> outside of a guy's fucking like, limousine. Yeah, a, a dead guy's limo. Yowza. Yeah. Who else do you think would be is is a surprising pro masker? Um, uh, John Prine. That was a that was a big. He's he's a, he's oh, a pro yeah. mask. No, but John Prine is very. Very progressive. He's also dead of COVID. Um, yeah. Uh, so was the, oh, so you were just trying to make a really oh, tasteless joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tasteless. Yeah. I, I didn't know he was dead of dark. COVID. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, him, um, David Bowie, uh, oddly enough, came back and got it. Um, uh, what was don't it? worry, John Cash. Lennon? We'll let you finish this riff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Yeah, don't interrupt me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Martin Luther King. Oh my God! Okay, moving on. Um, move, moving, moving on. Uh, so, recently, we love talking about Tom DeLonge here on Jonah Radio, basically because oh, no. uh, not so much because of his music, but because of uh, his fascination in extraterrestrials. Tom DeLonge is going to be directing a science fiction movie. 
Really? Yes. Is it, uh, does he think it's science fiction? Yes, it it like yeah, science yeah. Movie? Does he, yeah. Does he include fiction in that description? <laughs> or does he just directing a science movie? Here's a, here's a statement from uh, Tom DeLonge. I've been playing. No, sorry, I won't. it's too long to do the whole. Uh, I've been playing this story in my dreams for decades. It represents all aspects of my strange existence, including growing up in San Diego suburbia as a disaffected teenage skateboarder. I had a, t I had a tight tribe of friends who never missed an opportunity to piss people off and made me laugh so hard I would cry. The camaraderie, curiosity, angst, and irreverence is everything that led me to Blink-182, and this story is layered with my obsession with tightly blurred lines between science and science fiction. So okay. we're making rude E.T., basically, it sounds like. <laughs> if E.T. was, if one of the E.T. ripoffs was just like E.T. like got really into skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> E.T. can jam on that bass. His fingers light up. How, about, how are we going to play the show without everyone noticing he's an alien? I got an idea. And then he dresses up like Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> he dresses up like uh, a guy from Kiss. It's, <laughs> oh, Matt, well, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy that you could be uh, a person <laughs> in this day and age and think that you growing up in the suburbs of San Diego and being a skater is like that's the story everyone needs to hear right now <laughs> <laughs> oh you're not gonna believe the I mean, life i had everybody yeah, yeah. so there i was <laughs> a white kid in a white community just trying yeah. to make my way but because my hair ba my bangs were swooped to the side the guys didn't like me yeah i was I, friends I, with the bullies yeah <laughs> it's what I, think, I gathered from that yeah i was uh, yeah it's like uh, i can't it's, he's going to just basically have a story, essentially, about like how he was friends with bullies and then went on to be in a band that all the bullies across the world would love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is bully music. Yeah. Um, story that's been told a thousand times. <laughs> but uh, more, more DeLong news. Uh, oh, we no. actually we got, uh, we got some clips recently on a, uh, on a baking show. Uh, oh someone showed their go. fascination with it. I'm going to share. Uh, not Is this for the... a regular segment? Uh, yes. Under, well, you know what? You'd DeLong? be surprised how often DeLong comes up in the news. Because, Have you got uh, a name for the segment yet? Um, DeLong for the memories? I don't know. Um, no. DeLong, DeLong, DeLong and Winding, Winding Road. DeLong and Winding <laughs> I was going to say DeLong Story Short. DeLong oh, Story Short. There also you good. go. There it just is. laying there. It's yeah. <laughs> just laying there. Uh, I'll happily pick up anything that's like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but this is a... So here I'm going to share this with you guys. Uh, here's a, a guy... Oh, no. ...on a British baking show made this terrible-looking... Now, if you didn't know that was Tom DeLong looking at this thing, uh, this it, three flavors of Tom DeLong cake we're seeing, what would you think it is? Fat Mike? Yeah, you could... Yeah, Fat Mike a little bit there. Um, maybe uh, the son from The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> AJ? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good If the one. shirt continued, it would be a slipknot shirt or whatever he wore on the show. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh let's watch this clip. Oh, uh and see what Oh boy. Well, it looks like cheap. Like caricature, so it's really good. Thank you. Would you like to tell us what's inside it? Mint and strawberry with a cocoa <laughs> buttercream. <laughs> Did you say a cocaine buttercream? Toothpaste. The mint is so strong. And it has that very chemical taste. It's a yeah. shame. Let yourself down a little bit on the texture and flavor. Yeah, okay. 
So this guy, they say nothing about Tom DeLonge. <laughs> they're just, they're just no like, they must, care. Tom yeah. DeLonge, is this a friend of yours? You know, yeah. know him from around the way? Okay. No, yeah. no and, and also Noel is there and they, they not said, hasn't said a word. I bet, <laughs> it almost seems like Noel would have came in and just made fun of him for it. But, yeah. uh, a question I mean, for you, James. Um, yeah. Is it just called Baking Show over there? Oh, no. It's actually not. It's called The Great British Bake Off here. Okay, so it's called basically the same thing here. I oh, yeah. Those ears are gross. So here's like another clip from it. Uh, you can see the separation of the the weird eyes, the real creepy, creepy eyes. I think Tom DeLonge would so love that, to have those eyes. Is that fondant? Is that like the 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 waxy like paraffin? Uh... Oh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's see. Who's this, Prince Charles? No, so I just keep guessing. <laughs> it's meant to be Tom DeLong. Who? Tom DeLong? Blink 182. Oh, I know they are, yeah. <laughs> are you a fan of that type of music, Noel? Uh, yeah. No. Fondant <laughs> <laughs> ears and a highly oh, God. detailed there it is, Fondant cap will cover a strawberry chocolate and mint homage to Dave's favorite punk icon. Oh man, I Dave's, do. I do. Dave's gonna cook a bunch of those when that movie comes out. <laughs> He's gonna be catering the event of the. Premiere. Oh yeah, Tom DeLonge cupcakes. Oh, I, I do like that they committed to the very, very ugly lip ring uh, in the cake as well too. I wonder yes. what that's made out of. Yeah, the drawing of it is somehow more disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a like a garbage pail kid. <laughs> I can't join in on this. I can't make fun of it because i've been on the show and had famously i had a nightmare on it um and became a meme because i did so badly on, on it so like i can't oh, i can't no. make fun of that guy's cake but that's like that's what people expect when like you know uh, a celebrity uh comes in and sure. like they're not gonna like you know nail it uh it's like when it's a guy that somehow i don't know how he got on the show like is is, is that guy somebody does anyone do you know who that guy is well, I mean, the normal... I think it's Travis Barker. That, that, that was Travis Barker. Right? <laughs> that was Travis Barker, yeah. <laughs> he had makeup covering his neck tattoos. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's his way of showing how much he misses Tom being in the band. It <laughs> yeah. just makes cake. You go to his home, and it's just different foods shaped like Tom DeLonge. <laughs> what, if, what if the rest of Blink-182 was like, hey, we love what you did. Uh, he's not in the band anymore. You want to you wanna do us? Like, like yeah. they came and like, hired yeah. him to like, do themselves. <laughs> that must be like if, if you were yeah like Travis or Mark and you watched happened to catch that episode a part of you'd be like ah, come on <laughs> him <laughs> him the fact like why him it, it, it it's does. like you know you, it's always it, that's the thing about music sometimes though it's like you any band and we've talked about this before uh, like name a band and you'll be able to find somebody where it's like that's that's my band. That's yeah, those are yeah. my guys. And like it's just yeah, yeah. name some like band that you're just kind of like oh them like uh, let's say um, what name some like just one off band like Three Doors Down. You know there's people yeah. going oh, Three yeah. Doors Down oh. doesn't get better in rock music than Three yes. Doors Down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or or you run into the people that have had favorite like their favorite band is one of those bands, but it's been 45 years. Like there's Doobie Brother, huge Doobie Brother fans. They're like, what excited you? And what kept you excited for 45 years? Like there's not even new music anymore. Yeah. Just the thing is, I like, think if someone put on Enema of the State and I wasn't expected it, I think I would have a nice time. 
it does it does remind <laughs> me it reminds me a lot of my like you know when i was first getting into like for want of a better word alternative music i was like 13 14 i loved that album so much yeah. and associate with like american pie which obviously for all sorts of reasons isn't a good film but <laughs> when i was a teenager it was the best film ever and, and there's that yeah. whole thing oh it was like it made me feel so excited to be alive that album I feel I would still enjoy that album now. You know, it's it's a it's a fine album. I didn't listen to it. Uh, my whole thing when it, when that came out, I I didn't like it. But also, I didn't. If it came on the radio, I didn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, and that's yeah. like that's like that was my base level of like, you know, a punk that was trying so hard to like not admit that he could just like things, and it was just <laughs> yeah. like you know, because I remember how conflicted I felt when um, "Are You That Somebody" by Aaliyah came out. And uh-huh. I was afraid to tell my friends about how much I liked yeah. that song. And it was just because I heard it. If someone had it on their radio in class and it like wasn't like a rock or a punk or indie or alternative song. And I was yeah. just like, huh. And then like the song came on when I was like flipping around the radio with my friends. I was like, huh, this song sucks. And I just kept on listening <laughs> to it. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in your schools, but like in my school, like all the kids who liked really you know, mainstream stuff. You know, our little group would sneer at them and be like, oh, they're all just following each other's trends, just doing what each other... They're, they're just copying each other and all this. And then, like, you know, a good pop song would come on that I love and be like, yeah, I don't like this. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, be like all my mates. It's like, oh, man, I'm a fraud. We're, we're just the same as them, it's, except we can't figure out how to be that popular. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, that's all it is. It's like, if you yeah. can't belong, just destroy the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, create your own thing. Um, I remember the year that uh, Nirvana broke and it was like, oh, they're not like all alternative anymore. They're like on MTV and stuff. And then I just walked headstrong into uh, listening to Robin. Robin. <laughs> that, that, oh, with the Y? Yeah. yeah. She was she was around in 91? Yeah. And I was just like, this is the greatest song I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess uh, all bets are off. Uh, the the something kind of similar happened with with um, and we've talked about this song before. Uh, Puddle of Muds, she hate me. Where it was just it was such a bad band, but it was yeah. such a song that I loved that it was just like, <laughs> all right. I I will take I will take the hits for this. People can make fun of me, but I like this song. Right, um, you're you're still taking hits, by the way. Cause oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right these these were also uh, Sublime fans that I was taking hits from. So everybody's musical. Uh, talent has changed that's one of the best parts of being i I don't think i don't consider anyone i don't believe anyone is like a proper music fan unless they genuinely love love something that everyone else hates and they know it doesn't make them look cool but they just love the music if if it's not if someone doesn't have a single song or album that falls into that category i'm like nah you're you're a poser i don't even believe this (laughs) well you only like stuff that everyone everyone says is cool i i agree with that i I, when i worked at a record store when i worked when i was 19 or 20 and it was the stuff that really impressed me was when the music buyer would be like oh this is great and there was no reason for him to say that like other than yeah. that he loved him this is the coolest guy in the store but was like oh no no, no i love this yeah I mean, my, my friend graham who i've been in a bunch of bands with and like i met him when i was like trying to kind of like really make an effort in my late teens like i'm gonna be in a band that's what i'm gonna do and i met him at this perfect time in my life and i remember in his car he, I got in his car one day and he was listening to Huey Lewis. And I was like, okay, this guy is not trying to impress me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Bluesy Huey. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, we're going to take a break with a song, another song from 2016. Uh, friends of the show, AJJ, with their song, White Worms. Great song, great album. Uh, here it is. More Jonah Radio when we get back. I caramba. This is Bart Simpson, dude. And you're listening to Jonah Radio. Coming at you to talk about keeps. Well, two out of three guys will experience hair loss, some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Well, now you can get treated from home. You used to have to go to a doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to keeps and COVID, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Prevention is the key, though. Keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. 
Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash radio to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash radio. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash R-A-Y-D-I-O. Hello there, this is Morrissey. And you're listening to Jonah Radio, though I don't think it matters. Unmute. Unmute. Cash, that was, that was on you. Here I am trying to, trying to say our good friend Moz sending in that station ID. Always a pleasure to hear from... Him. All right, we are still here with James Ancaster uh, talking about music from 2016, music news of today, uh, stuff like that. But what about the music of today from yesterday? Oh, uh oh, it is time for this day in music. This day in music. I'm here to help you with your history report. You guys are gonna go back in time. Thank you, Todd Donald, for that uh, intro to this day in music. Uh, That's all right. cool. Yeah. Today is October eighth, and uh, this is when I'm recording it. Even though you're listening to this on October 9th. so you're gonna the, yesterday in music. This is that's what we should call the segment. Yesterday <laughs> in music. If only I'm looking for sites that have this week in music. Impossible. Impossible. No, they, it's only days. Yeah. Previous Thursday in music. Yes. Uh, on this day in 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis recorded Great Balls of Fire. Wow. Huh? I wonder how many Imagine. days after that until he married his 14-year-old cousin. <laughs> wow. 1971, John Lennon released on this day, Imagine. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a song. Um, that's a song, yes. That is a song. I didn't say these are interesting. I'm just saying it's a segment. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what I think of when I think about this kind of stuff. So the day when they recorded it, I'm always like, did they know it was good at the time? When they were in the studio, did they have that feeling of, oh, my God, we've just recorded one of the greats? Or were they just like, oh, whatever, and just went home? Also, John Lennon releasing Imagine, it's not the same as when someone releases something now. And they can instantly see all the responses to it. And it's like big release day. He would have just released it and gone, well, I'll find out if that went well next week. <laughs> yeah. One day I'll, I'll know if it made a dent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to, to just get impressions of like the, the second engineer on every recording session. Just like go to him and go like, what do you think? Like you just had to, like, you just had to plug in everything for these guys and they were real bitches about it what do you think about this song and it's, yeah. eh, it's all right or, yeah. Eh, it's a hit um on this day in 1987 three members from zz top i don't know why they wrote it that way they could have just said zz there's top only, yeah there's only three members <laughs> yeah <laughs> zz top made advanced bookings for seats on the first passenger flight to the moon that was in 1987 still no go still waiting <laughs> frank beard is still 
yeah. twiddling his thumbs. Yeah. That's fascinating. Uh, in this day, 1966, uh, cream drummer Ginger Baker collapsed while on stage at uh, Sussex University uh, just after completing his epic 20-minute solo on Toad. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a uh, drum solo that goes more than five minutes. What uh, I think Ginger Baker got what he fucking deserved. Yeah, more, than, <laughs> more than one minute. Like, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, 20 and, minutes. Yeah, I know. I like um, when I was a kid. I loved that. Uh, I I got the the CD <laughs> single for Iron Butterflies into Gata Davida live with the drum solo, and that's on and that's like I think ten minutes, right? It's pretty right. it, yeah. I, oh no, I, yeah. And I'm a drummer. Like I I fucking love the drums, yeah. but drum solos, no drum circles. Yeah. I'm coming around on. Ooh, no, no, you're not. No, no come on. I feel we, guilty for I, taking I, you to a dead show. I only have so many <laughs> friends in town. You can't start coming around on drum circles. I just, I, I remember the first time I, like, I never heard of them. Oddly enough, they never really seemed to happen in Hawaii, uh, even though it seems like they would have. But I was, when I was working at a record store in Venice Beach. And right, then I, you worked on, at a record store in Venice Beach, California. Like, yeah. How did you not know of drum circles? This is the story of when I found out about them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so I was there, and then I hear, like, like you know, rhythmic drums happening towards the beach and i was like oh shit what's that sound that sounds cool and my boss is like it's a fucking drum circle dude it happens every friday afternoon and i was like oh man i what that like just a bunch of people just fucking playing the drums that sounds awesome uh and he's like go go check it out and then i walked across <laughs> the street and then i came back immediately and i was like that doesn't look like the kind of people i want to be hanging out with yeah yeah that's yeah. the problem with it it sounds cool when you hear it the, the idea in general, I like the sound of, and then you see, it's just like, if there was a way of doing a drum circle and you didn't have to see any of the other people in the drum circle, <laughs> I would have a good time. Uh, yeah. I would caveat that with smell too. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. yeah it's the epitome uh, of, I like the band, but I hate their fans kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I you love know, rhythm, I just hate their fans. And there's like always the guy too, it's like, uh, man, I'm kind of embarrassed. I thought I was the only guy that was going to bring a djembe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, will, I will say that I do think that there are drum circles in Hawaii. They're just the width of the islands. That, that you're always in a drum circle. You just never <laughs> know it because you're you're on a circular island. It's the rhythm it's, of the ocean, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, on this day, birthdays, music birthdays. Uh, Tony Wilson in 1947, Hot Chocolate, who had the 1975 U.S. number three single "You Sexy Thing" and the 1977 U.K. number one mm -hmm. single "So You Win Again." Uh, and over uh, um, 25 other top 40 hits. That His birthday today, 1947. There's two Ramones that have a birthday today. An original, Johnny Ramone, uh, and another one, CJ Ramone. Both have birthdays today. Uh, and Teddy Riley from Blackstreet, who, uh, who said uh, maybe came up with, the, uh, you know, was part of the people yeah. that constructed the New Jack Swing movement. Mm-hmm. And fellow... Do they call it New Jackson Swing in, in England? Is it a little more formal? Yeah, that's exactly what we call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it must be the third. It's Jackson, I, I, Jackson I, I, Swing the third because you guys have such a history of yeah. swing. And we yeah. spell it the T-H-E-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and swing has an E at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I love England. Uh, uh, the fake one in my mind, not the actual yeah. one where you guys live. Gosh, oh, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if you realize, I, but James was making fun of you that whole time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, uh, birthdays today, 
Bruno Mars, fellow Hawaiian-born uh, performer. Me, him, and The Rock, you know, tight. Tia Carrera, big, uh, big happy family that, from Hawaii that got into showbiz together and now uh, don't hear from. Um, the, uh, the, that, and that's it for... The Rock, uh, the, the Rock chirped you for eating cheese before you went to bed. And he's chirped me weird... a couple times. One time I did like a... I did like a kind of a rhythmic thing and I said, hey, can I do this uh, music? Can I do the score for the sequel of, uh, of Jumanji? And like, I just kind of like had this like little woodblock thing and then, and then he retweeted it saying, you're signed. And then like, uh, like, <laughs> yes. and then like, uh, I was, it was, and it like, there was the most attention I'd gotten for anything I've ever done. <laughs> like from friends and family going, holy shit. <laughs> and then the family, uh, the family of Osama bin Laden is, monitoring your tweets now yeah um i i always want to ask uh uh it's like emily gordon's working um i shit i don't know if that's public knowledge maybe i shouldn't i don't know she's working she is working yeah. emily yes gordon is, emily gordon is working and she also likes the rock uh okay anyway <laughs> um uh, moving on to check, the, check out the uh, slingshot i made very good slingshot <laughs> it's pretty good uh james i'm not sure if you picked this up but uh neil's lonely yeah <laughs> was, uh, so far a gun and a slingshot <laughs> and he's and he's changed uh headwear three times yeah. i think yes yeah. yeah. no, just twice like i got i got the cowboy hat on there. this this is how if neil decided to end it he would do it he'd set up the gun facing him and then he'd shoot the slingshot at the trigger trying to shoot him <laughs> yeah. um james uh you were what kind of music did you play when you were uh when you were Good question. Uh, my first band I was in, I was 15, and it was a new metal band, but with Joe Satriani-style solos. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, after it. Uh, Summer that, song. Those, Great. Those, those, those are my friends. So we, we did the, you know, I mean, we were all into kind of like new metal kind of, and um, my friend Matthew Butler was like a ridiculously talented guitarist who uh, wasn't, didn't do well at school, but like could literally play as good as like Steve Vai and people like that. And never got the encouragement you need. You always like, you want to go back in time and shout at the teachers and just be like, that kid could have been somebody and you all told him he was a loser. Um, that was my first band. And then I was in a uh, hardcore punk band called the New Hardcore Skiffle Movement. Oh, and, wow. Nice. Uh, then a post-hardcore band, a post-hardcore band called uh, Free Line Whip, uh, which is a political term we didn't understand. And <laughs> also, then, like, very post-hardcore. Like, uh, like post-hardcore needs like three words in the name sometimes. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah like this engine like, burns. Yeah, yeah, that's what it needed. We, yeah. We, yeah, we, we were listening at the time to a lot about the driving and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. And, there you go. Uh, then I was it. Well, I was also in a folk funk band. Uh, called the Capri Sun Quartet. <laughs> and, uh, which, upon reflection, was like the band that uh, like people responded to the most at gigs and liked the most, but it wasn't our proper band. It was like a, it was a, a cool like folk singer in, in Northampton where I grew up called B, and she just wanted a backing band. And then me and the aforementioned Graham uh, Join that band and they decided to be dicks and basically play funk stuff over the top of her songs instead of what we were asked to do but then it actually worked quite well <laughs> and it was like a very short-lived little project and then the band I was in for the most amount of time I was obsessed with it was called the wow scenario which is meant to be tongue-in-cheek it was just me and Graham and we wore uh 
these grey t-shirts with yellow velcroed on ties that we could rip off during the gig if we wanted to. And it was <laughs> like, we would call it experimental jazz pop is how we tried to explain it to people. We were trying to sing like the Beach Boys, even though we couldn't sing and try to play like uh, a really like, yeah, kind of a jazzy prog kind of band. But what it, and, and it was Did like, you record with any of these bands? Guitars. Yeah, with, well, with that band, when we decided to split up, we weren't going to like carry on anymore. Mm-hmm. We did the whole thing of going, well, every band we've been in before, we've never recorded anything. So, and we always get gutted that we don't have those songs anymore. Mm-hmm. So the only person who ever liked us outside, of, everyone hated that band. But outside of that band, one guy who had found us on MySpace, who was also a producer who had his own little studio down in the south of England, had contacted us and said, if you ever want to record anything, let me know. So we contacted him again, we're splitting up and we want to record all of our songs, which is 17 songs. And we stayed in his studio for a month. We slept on the floor and we recorded it like we were, you know, I said earlier about bands in the studio thinking we're recording the next great thing. We were like, literally, no one will hear this besides us, but we recorded one of the best albums of all time. And we really focused on it like that. Every waking hour of the day was spent like experimenting with different things. And like, you know, we kind of, I'm drilling holes in a mannequin's head to put microphones in it and record around that and wow. going to the airport and recording people coming home for Christmas and then like using those samples and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we just left it. And that was 2007. And the next week I started doing stand-up. Wow. And just went doing that. <laughs> just and, um, shifting gears. Way to slam the door behind you. Yeah. yeah. But then a few years ago, uh, I was listening to it again and was like, oh, actually, I love these songs. It's just like, we could never sing and our vocals are bad. And I spoke to Graham about it. He's like, yep, I listen to it every now and again and I feel the same way. We're like, I was like, how about we contact Chris and we take the vocals off and we replace them uh, with uh, violin and um, cello and uh, saxophone and clarinet. So we did that and we got a load of musicians in and they played our vocal parts. And then we had this big instrumental album that we are really proud of now, but we missed the vocals. And so now we're going to get some vocalists in to record <laughs> over the top of these new instrumentals with all, the, uh, all those instruments. And once that's done, we will release it. But it will be another 10, 10 years' time or something. This is going to be like the second Lars album. It's never done. It's just going to keep yeah. on. I feel like that. But like it's, it's a fun kind of like little project to be involved with, I guess. Yeah. I think it's it's fun. I was never able to like fully, when I stopped playing music and went into stand-up, I, I, I missed music the whole time just because mm. stand-up is so uh, isolating. Uh, and I just, I, I forgot how much I love the collaboration of music and, uh, and I, it's like, just like maybe about five years ago, I started actively just playing with friends again. Yeah. Well, when I started doing that, uh, you know, revisiting that old band. So also at the same time, uh, went in the studio and recorded, uh, an album that came out in 2016, uh, where, um, I covered a load of old bands who I used to grow up, who are, you know, were local bands who I grew up with my friends who now aren't musicians but they all had demos and i really loved those individual tracks they each had at least one song that i thought was good and everyone needed to hear it i thought so, about i've thought about doing that so much of right. like just like that's such a great idea of like all the like you know weird hawaii hawaii punk bands and indie bands that i yeah. loved like it's like it's like oh wouldn't it be neat to just kind of you know do that that's incredible that's so funny that you did that is that available yeah it's on Bandcamp. it's called Luna dot raids the bee pigeon dot has two T's uh, and uh, they're all local bands from Ketrin where I grew up in Northampton and uh, the original singers came back and sang on them and uh, I formed this little band of musicians for the album and 
yeah, I realized while doing that, that what I loved about music was working on the songs and recording them, but I didn't like doing them live and live performance was the bit I didn't like. And I was like, oh, and that is the only bit I retained for my career was just live stuff. I turned my entire career into the one bit I didn't like in music. <laughs> yeah. and I've done that for over a decade. Um... <laughs> Uh, so we would have you like kind of figured out what your favorite 2016 release is? Very hard. Like every time people ask, I've always said like there are two albums that I can't really choose between that um, are very. I feel like they're very personal, but also they've got like a cult following, and I and that's exciting. Yeah, I, I like things that resonate personally, but also reach you know a bunch of different people. So when you go to the gigs, you feel connected like that. So I would say. I always say that it's uh, Telephone by No Name and um, Worry by Jeff Rosenstock. And those oh, are the yeah. two that I will point to a lot uh, uh, that kind of have meant the most to me. Just that, you know, I think that, that No Name album needs a lot more attention, but still the people who like it, it's one of their favorite hip hop albums. And like, she's got such a unique voice. And that Jeff Rosenstock album, we're talking earlier about Blink-182, which I did like when I was a teenager. And then like, what was nice about the Jeff Rosenstock record was that I was like, oh, all this time I've spent away from current music, pop punk has been growing up with me and mm -hmm. evolving and, and going at my, you know, so it's like not for teenagers anymore, now it's for people in their thirties. And it's about that life experience. And I just became obsessed with the whole structure of that album, uh, just the sound of it, everything about it. And when I saw him live in London playing that, in a very tiny venue, every single person in that room had been obsessed with that album and knew every word to the song a, and was just shouting it. And it was amazing. It's a great, great album. And his new album, No Dream, is amazing as well. And yeah, we really just had good. him on the other day and he's such a great guy yes. too. Yeah, yeah I recorded an episode with a bonus episode with him for the podcast as well. Oh, nice. uh, Where you talk out. about uh, the album? I talk about Worry. Yeah, we just talked about Worry. And we yeah. mentioned No Dream because it had just mm. come out. So we mentioned that. And I interviewed him for the book I wrote as well. There's a big, the book's called Perfect Sound Whatever, which is uh, one of the songs on his album. It's the last song on that album. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's been very generous with his time. And uh, yes, yeah, I mean, you guys know he's such a. Uh, yeah nice. that that Solid experience yeah. I, I think i He's saw him right around that time i i shot uh him back when um what was that record label that christina worked at uh, um oh it was a side one dummy side one dummy he was doing he did a live show at side one dummy and christina i didn't know he was christina just called me up and said hey you want to bring down your camera and shoot this thing and i showed up and i was like sure and they're like yeah we're gonna have like 30 people come in and like 70 people showed up and they knew every single word of this oh, guy wow. that I had never heard of. It was one of the most like overwhelming things because it was just supposed to be sitting there working a camera. And then by the end it was like, okay, camera's good. I'm going to go like fucking dance with these people. This is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, one of, it's funny cause I, I love that worry is a great album, but when I had to pick my favorite album from 2016, I had to go with uh, the album that Pup put out. Uh, which yes. I think is like just incredible. It's one of they're one of my favorite bands, but the dream is over. Mm -hmm. It's such an incredible. Here's like a little bit of it. Uh, we'll play a little bit of everyone's uh, picks on here. But here's a it's just so hard and yeah. technical and fun and and sad. <laughs> this is the first. This is um, Ed Gamble who does the other pod, my off-menu podcast with me. This is his favorite album of 2016. Oh, nice! And uh, this was the song that he sent me to like get me into the album. That's and, great. Yeah, straight away I was like, oh yeah, this is this is great. And when I, I got to I, see I, them, 
when I got to see them live, like I was like, I wonder if they're going to be able to pull off the like this like, Ooh, and they did. It's such an incredible live show. Oh, great. I, on the tour that I was doing in 2017, uh, when I was like just exhausted and was hating the tour, I started walking on stage to uh, the first track off that Pup album. Which if this tour doesn't kill you, uh, I, I will. I, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, like, w- walking onto that. <laughs> That's great. Um, awesome. Uh, um, Cash, you want to go next? Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, grab the sharing screen. There you go. And... Um, it was very funny to like look through the list of what came out in 2016 and going, holy shit. Like, yeah, like that Pause album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our friend Honus Honus put out a record that year, uh, Level Up, like LVL Up yep. for, off of us. I think it was Sub Pop. Uh, or the final album. Yeah, that was her yeah. final album. And I love the that guy's next uh, project, to Trace Mountains. Uh, he went on to do Trace yeah. Mountains, which is great. But, like, Swearin' put out an album that year. Yeah, AJJ, Taco Cat, Summer Cannibals, Frightened Rabbit put out there. Um, mm-hmm. With, like, one of my favorite Frightened Rabbit songs, I Wish I Was Sober. Uh, don't care for the lyrical content on that, though. Makes me feel <laughs> nugget. Uh, a little judged. A little judged. Yeah, a little judged. <laughs> uh, Tribe Called Quest put out their last album uh, That's in right, Anonymous and Nobody. That's right. Uh, it's, no, it's that's real. De La Soul. No, oh, that, sorry. That's this right. was yeah. uh, we got it from here. Uh, it was and it was after uh, Fife Dog died. Uh, Sergio yeah. Simpson put out his second album, uh, which is uh, very good. He does an amazing cover of In Bloom on that. Uh, Aesop Rock had a good album. Uh, what's your, what's your pick? What's your main pick? My my main pick is uh, this was a great album. It really feels like a Parliament album from the seventies. Um, oh it yeah. Is, the Childish Gambino album. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I got that so quick. Yeah, I got it so quick. You got it. You got it off like the vaguely intro stuff. No, uh, but this is such a good album. It it really in like I started listening to this album. It's the thing is I didn't go back and listen to early Childish Gambino albums after this. I went back and listened to like Parliament and Funkadelic albums from the seventies because it has that feel of just like it's such a tribute to. I mean, there's. It's such a tribute to that style of album making where it's just kind of a jam and there's all sorts of like different songs on it. He's got that song, that California song that's really poppy, but for the most part, it's just like this really deep kind of fun. I think uh, I, I saw him perform that year in South by Southwest. I think me, Emily, and Kumel like went to some, I don't know, fucking like Microsoft party or some yeah. dumb thing. And like, um, and it was like, it was a huge band and it was loud and it was just like, Everybody was into it. It was incredible. This this part right here was the part that I knew that this was a, this was kind of a different album because it's like it's got this really subtle intro, just people singing, and then it gets to right here. Yeah. Is it another four? Nice. And uh, a big dirty bass. Yeah. Oh, you can feel that. And then come on, drop it, drop it. Drop it. I know exactly the bit that you mean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> waiting for it. It's a good bit. The drop is going to Tom. And the fucking evil laugh. Like, nobody's yeah. using evil laugh music since, like, 1978. But it's yeah. so perfect here. And it just Pick tells you. I think Insane Cloud Posse is still using evil laugh. In this genre. But it's such a, it's, I love that album and it's such a weird, like, it's not what I expected from basically a comedy writer backpack album, a backpack rapper album, basically, is what I've listened Just to his earlier stuff. And Having been kind of like, having known him since like, you know, the stand-up and Derek comedy days, it's crazy to see. Uh, and like, like 
the entire time he's been like I ever since I saw the Dare comedy sketch, uh, I think it was Jeffrey shits his pants or something. Oh, or God, Jeffrey puts his hands. It's like that's one of my all time favorite sketches. Yeah. And and just like uh, like from then on, I was just like I was like this guy's great, and he's also yeah. like a sweet dude. Just this, yeah. like I've met everybody else from Derek. I've never I've never actually met him, but yeah. uh, uh, everybody else cool. speaks. Neil, start getting, start sharing your stuff. I, uh, I I got to go on tour with him for uh, like this Funny or Die comedy tour, and uh, yeah, best dude. Yeah, real he nice to- guy. He told me about, <laughs> about how he wears fake glasses when he goes to the mall. Because uh, white people will leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neil, like, are, you, are you getting that? You getting, you sharing the audio? Yeah, I'm sharing now. It's all working. Is it Make working? sure you share computer audio as well. Neil, remember, every, every week it's the same process. You go to share and then go to advanced and then go to share computer audio. Yeah. Yeah. It's, something, uh, like, it's, 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 something like that. It's not, there's no crazy updates. There's no crazy updates uh, that'll uh, change things. So. Anyway, I, uh, I, I chose this album because uh, uh, I love the way it was produced. Uh, they, they, it was crowdsourced. They took uh, pre-orders and got a bunch of money up front. And then they just, um, they recorded all the instrumental tracks just like as a gang recording for like two, three weeks beforehand and then used them like samples. Um, and this is, uh, as previously mentioned, that De La Soul uh, record uh, and the anonymous nobody. Now we can see Neil texting pictures of himself on his. Uh, oh, that was just I message there. <laughs> I'm not texting anyone. What? Uh, you're you're not sharing audio, buddy. You're sharing the screen. Fucking you're dildos. It's the same sucker. You work with computers for a fucking living. Not anymore, I don't. Go to share screen. And then you got to go to that second page. If anybody's enjoying that uh, postal service video that came out today, Neil was the editor of that postal service video. Yeah. Congratulations. Whiteboard, iPhone, iPhone. Advanced. Share computer audio. How long it took you to make that video. (laughs) 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 There we go. Let me see how many palms go up high if you oh, and I came in right at the fucking bottom. Where's you clear side to side? Symbolize needing help in the sample. You under quick. Big mama said the devil's up to no good. But we can heal it on a Sunday with a good book. Or if we kill it on a Monday for a good look. And make it part of the campaign to whip stamp pain. Me, myself, place it all on my shoulders and give it my all like heavy lifting. No game without tears and sweat. They claim blue skies with white clouds. Steady drifting. When pain come to get you, they hit you like flow. Better time will pick you do what you gotta do to earn focus in the stormy weather come out the tunnel to the light saying this is right. so they basically made their own sample library for this album is what you were saying yeah they had um the roots basically uh, the roots and a bunch of other players come in Uh, did you have you covered that album yet, there, James? I haven't covered it yet. No, it, it's one that like I, I'm obviously aware of it, but haven't fully do, uh, dove into it. I'm a huge fan. I've got like Free Behind Rising. Obviously, I'm not made of stone. Uh, <laughs> love it. 
Um, I saw them live once at a festival uh, in over on the Isle of Man. Um, mm. So like, you know, a real isolated little festival. And it was a really sunny day. And I remember <laughs> there were two things. One was that one of the singers kept, uh, kept going, oh God, it's so sunny. Which really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing a rapper complain that it's sunny and using the word sunny. Um, uh, and also, one of their mics stopped working, but they didn't know it. And it was during a part when one of them was going like, okay, everyone on this side, make some noise. And then the other guy was trying to get his side to make some noise, but no one could hear him. <laughs> and I also like, he was kind of the one going first a lot of the time. So he was like, he was like trying to say to them, hey, everyone, shout out, you know, like give him a whole sentence to shout out and no one did it. So then the guy whose mic was working was getting annoyed with that side for not backing his mate up. So we're saying to us look like, hey, you guys, say fuck you to that side. That doesn't want to go. And I was like, I'm trying to go, no, 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 you don't understand. But also wanted to, you know, wanted to feel like no one supported them. So we were kind of reluctantly going, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, you, you guys know the situation, right? There's, there's nothing personal. We just want them to the gig. <laughs> yeah that's a lot that's actually a lot like our election here so now you know what it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh when we asked our listeners uh what uh their uh favorite albums were um oh, from good. 2016 um the most uh pup got the most votes uh basement is nice in there. frank ocean is in there honus honus yeah. is in there jeff rosenstock sturgill simpson uh cool. those, those were like the, the most ones that's like that's one of those albums where like, I, I bought that for my mum because I was like, <laughs> yeah. she would like it. But I like that album as well. But it's like, oh, I'll actually, we can actually like, connect over this in a way. And it's, it's a really fascinating album how he mixes like country music with like soul and, and different genres. that. Yeah. He's doing a good like job that. of like progressing uh, yeah. country music. And yeah. like, you know, he's he had that whole anime movie. That he yeah. Was, like, which, yeah. He, which he was scored to his album. Um, yeah. yeah. It's great. Which I liked, and then someone ruined it for me by saying, "Oh, it just sounds like Bon Jovi," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, maybe it sounds like Bon Jovi." Oh, shit, it does. <laughs> because, like, oh, no. what's weird with, with some genres, it's like if someone goes, if, if you're kind of starting with a like, there's loads of bands. There's a band called Virus who I think are great, and they've split up now, but they started off like a black metal band, and then they evolved to the point where it was like, you know, it was so far away from black metal. But if you started with them at the beginning, you were like what they're doing now is amazing. This is like the most original black metal I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, that's because it's indie rock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I see. Yeah, because I'm starting from here. Yeah, it's like... It's yeah, like it sounds like your the, panther. Yeah. 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 It's like the Beastie Boys are doing some crazy things with hardcore if you listen to their last yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Well, that's, uh, that is it for this episode of Jonah Radio. James, thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure. Thanks for hanging out. Of course. James, of before course. we go, I want to ask you about your boots because I watched all your specials the other night, and oh, thanks. you have amazing boots. Oh, thank are, you. Are, so those, much. are those bespoke? Are they custom made? Or are they? No, but the shoelaces. <laughs> this is the most boring. Uh, I'm so. No, boring. it's not. Basically, <laughs> I I I was really obsessed with making those specials look a certain way, and I got a, a mic lead that uh, matched the kind of color scheme of the show. Yeah. And then when I went out, and then my shoelaces uh, for the show snapped like the day before we were filming. I was like, oh no, I haven't got shoelaces in these shoes now. So I went to buy some new ones. Walked in a store, and 
they had shoelaces that matched the mic lead. I was like, I cannot believe this. Wow. And so I bought those shoelaces specifically because they matched the mic lead and wore them just that once. For We filmed all the shows, all four of them, uh, in one day and then filmed all four of them again the next day. And uh, never wore those. shit. Uh, and I never wore those again. So, like, that was <laughs> That's story. incredible. I would never tell anybody to do that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was mad. And it was like during that bad year. And uh, I was at that point going through a very bad time with my agent. And I would film one. I'd have half an hour between specials and come off and just have my head in my hands and go on stage and film another one. And I was listening to Worry by Rosenstock all day, uh, both days, and having that on in, in the uh, green room which is when I first realized that the lyrics to Perfect Sound Whatever were about uh, not getting hung up on things being perfect and to let things let it go. And then I felt a lot better. I was able to then walk on stage and put out of my mind, trying to nail it and, and uh, you know, then beating myself up. So thanks to Jeff Rosenstock again, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's he's beautiful. a real, he's a true, true, you know, fucking punk icon. Um, <laughs> And does and like you know does a lot of great uh, work. Does it like does does the work? Does like the punk work of like you know, like mm -hmm. doing benefit shows, having keeping things DIY uh, as a way yeah. to you know jam a cano. And also, Joe, no, I want to say thanks to you before we finish as well because uh, you texted me about the podcast and getting into that uh, Bologna Violenta album, and. That's the, I mean, I don't know about you guys with your music podcast, but pretty much the only reason I want to do a music podcast is to get people into albums that I like that they haven't heard of. Yeah. And uh, that particular episode, I got, I think a lot of people got quite angry at it because it was like the heaviest album we'd had on so far. Uh, and it was really cool to get someone who takes me and go, this album's great. I was like, yes, okay, good. Yes. So, yeah, uh, no, yeah. I, I was really stoked to find that. I mean, I love, I love that podcast. I also love the yours and Ed's. Uh, I mean, oh, it's, uh, I, it's, uh, it's, people should check that out because Ed is very, very funny and also so yeah. perfectly adept at uh, making you so <laughs> weird. Like it's, it's something, <laughs> it's such a, an interesting like gift he has as like where you found this like perfect, like because he's still funny, but he's a great straight man for like that, like pushes you into an odd position to like yeah. just be as weird and tangential as you want. He is, he's the best. And there's a Jeff Rosenstock episode of that coming up as well. Awesome. Hey, nice. So, uh, real quick before we before we wrap up, oh, you want to run it because you have so many projects. You have several podcasts going. You want to run us down? You want to do some quick plugs for us? Sure. There's the off-menu podcast of Ed Gamble, all about food. We ask guests their dream meal, uh, course by course. There's Perfect Sound, uh, James Acaster's Perfect Sounds, which is on BBC Sounds, which is the music podcast. Uh, a shorter podcast than the off-menu one, a different album every week. Uh, there's the Netflix specials called Repertoire uh, as well. There's a book called Perfect Sound Whatever about the music of 2016, a book called Classic Scrapes about just funny little stories from my life. And... <laughs> Uh, you know what, real, real quick, James, pitch that last one again. Have, like, judge it less when you pitch that last one. Oh, I'm immensely proud of it. Uh, classic Scrapes by James A. Custer. Hey, it's my life story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the tales are told of a, some ch cheeky wit and a little bit of a wink. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just, you know, just my life growing up as a skater kid in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I to be a feature film from life. Tom DeLonge. As a, as a kid growing up on the outskirts of Kettering, Northamptonshire. <laughs> and what a crazy life I had. Going to school, being liked by some kids and not by others. <laughs> and being able to, to move on and get a career for myself with 
actually very little struggle. <laughs> oh, you also did, I found it on YouTube, but you did a kind of a, a travel thing where you went back to your hometown. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I forget about that, and I'm, I'm so proud of that. Uh, yeah, Sweet Home Ketteringa, it's called, and we did a sequel where we uh, did a travel log of my of Kettering's twin town, Lahnstein in Germany, called Sweet Home Lahnsteineringa as well. <laughs> Nice. And uh, I had, su- I mean, the Lionstone one especially had such an amazing time. Uh, me and the crew were all kind of doing, it was a documentary about Lionstone, but also playing characters and improvising uh, a storyline throughout it as well. And it was one of the most fun weeks I've had, like filming anything. And it was just, and that was, you know, you say about crowdfunded stuff. That was the first yeah. experience I had with crowdfunding. So, uh, you know, me and Dale, so I think we did that in 2016 actually as well. So uh-huh. yeah, that's the, uh, with the funny part about that is like, uh, I think I had heard you were doing that, but I was in the middle of doing hidden America, which was also like fake travelogue where <laughs> traveling around and having, you know, characters and having it all written yeah. by the story. And I was just like, I was like, fuck now. Like it, it was just that, that conscious effort of like, well, I can't watch that for a while Yeah, and watch yeah. that thing. That's going to be similar. Oh yeah, I've only just started watching stand-up specials again during this year. <laughs> I didn't yes. watch them for ages, but now I'm like, well, I'm unlikely I'm going to write a show for a while, so I'll yeah. finally catch up on Kid Gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. It's um, like a horse in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the album uh, Luna Dot Raids the Bee Pigeon, which song would you like us to go out on? Uh, can we play If, please? Sure thing. This is If by Luna Dot Raids the Bee Pigeon from 2016 in our 2016 themed show. We themed the show after a year. Remember 2016 when it got real sad for everyone and only continued to get worse and yeah. will only get worse. I, re- I remember it was the last year I had a job I liked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's If by Luna Check out the Raids Postal the Service video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check, yeah. Out my, check out my Postal Service video. It's on one
God damn, that was great.